It's Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. I was going to say it's a beautiful Friday, but I'm recording this on Thursday. <clears throat> Frankly, I'm expecting my Friday to be covered in coldness and ice. So, uh, Outside of that, though, things are looking up because uh, the Red Wings don't have to play for another week, so we don't have to see another loss from them. And the All-Star game is this weekend. So a little bit of fun mixed into what has otherwise uh, been a rather tumultuous, well, actually, not even tumultuous, just a screaming downhill uh, porter potty on wheels uh, of a season. So, um, yeah, we got that to look forward to. Uh, also, uh, another thing to smile about is the fact that this is the final show of our first week here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who's listened so far, uh, everybody who's subscribed, everybody who's uh, you know told told a friend about it or shared this with uh, shared this with somebody they know. If you haven't done that yet, next week is a new week. Uh, I will continue to try and win over your hearts to the point that you will not be able to help yourself uh, from sharing this podcast. I, of course, being a Detroit sports writer and longtime Red Wings fan, Nolan Bianchi, uh, your host today and every day here at the Lockdown Network. We're going to start the show with a new segment, Red Wings Rewind, uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what to uh, what's coming this weekend with the All-Star Game, uh, the, part, the, the skills competition rosters were released today i will also talk a little bit about tyler bertuzzi uh and teammates he'll be playing with in the three-on-three tournament this coming weekend uh and lastly to close out the show we got some scandalous news coming out of philadelphia regarding a certain beloved mascot that you are not going to want to miss so our first red wings rewind which by the way I did a Google search for that phrase, those three words, Red Wings Rewind, and I went to the second page of Google to make sure that nobody else was using that phrase. I can't believe it. It was like, it's very obvious. It's an alliteration. It's a blast from the past. It's like, it's like a blast from the past, but specifically to Red Wings. So if anybody's thought of it, they haven't posted it online, and therefore, if I'm stealing somebody's segment, I can't be held responsible. Anyways, our first Red Wings Rewind takes you back to 2016 uh, when 19-year-old Dylan Larkin burst onto the scene in his rookie season with the Detroit Red Wings, making it to All-Star Weekend in Nashville. Uh, He set the fastest skating record, uh, a record that had stood for 20 years, set by Mike Gardner of the Toronto Maple Leafs back in 1996. And you know, when I was doing a little... Research uh, for this segment, uh, I was reminded of the fact that the Red Wings actually made the playoffs in Dylan Larkin's rookie season, finished third in the division, lost in five games to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Guess he was the coach back then, too. Whatever. So Dylan Larkin, in his rookie season, comes to comes to Nashville with his hair on fire. Looks. If you go back and watch a video, which I understand is bad podcasting to go tell you to go back and watch a video, but it, you'll probably see it sometime this weekend, but what you won't see is a lead-up to it when uh, he does his interview with Pierre Maguire. I'd, like, go back and watch a video. I'll probably post, like, a clip of it or, uh, like, uh, just a picture of it on the Lockdown Red Wings Twitter account. By the way, if you're not following, at LO underscore Red Wings. Nice little plug there. 
Anyways, so he skates over to Pierre Maguire to do his pre, you know, competition interview. He just got done winning the, I think it was like eight or twelve guy, uh, regular competition. So he earned the right to go for the title, and really, it's just a great, great moment for the Detroit Red Wings because at this point, like we just mentioned, they hadn't lost their uh, playoff streak yet. That year, it would go to twenty five. So this was the future, and he still is the future. But back then, it it like the future meant a different thing. The future meant like a passing of the guard, and I suppose that there's a chance that I'm like misremembering feelings. But uh, I feel like Ed, Red Wings fans in general were just like pretty arrogant, and not even necessarily like I don't know, and I don't know if I even necessarily mean that in a bad way. But like we covered in the last episode, it was just like no, we'll never be bad. We're just good. We're good all the time. This, this is the next guy that's good. Hello, world. Glad you finally get to meet him. Uh, that's, like, kind of how it felt, you know? And the best part of it all is that he looks 12. Like, for years, the Red Wings had this... I don't even know if it was, like, a reputation. But, like, for years, the Red Wings would draft a guy and then stuff him down in Grand Rapids for three, four years. Like, to just never be seen or heard from again. And then now all of a sudden you have this kid who's like so not only is he the hometown boy, but he's so good that he's able to make the roster at 19. I think he was the first 19 year old to make the roster opening night roster since Steve Eiserman. And then he made the all-star game and won the fastest skater. It was crazy. Calamity. It was the, uh, not the calm before the storm. Well, I guess it was the calm before the storm. Because you looked at that moment and you're like, man, everything's going to be all right. We were worried Hank and Pavel are getting old. Nope. We got Dylan Larkin right here. He's the future. And, uh, well, as we all know, things didn't quite go as planned. But at the time, it was a pretty cool feeling. And, uh, you know, he, he gives Pierre Maguire this, like, huge hug. Like, not not even a hug. He just puts one arm around him really aggressively. And he just has this super big smile. And, uh, yeah, like the, the new franchise player getting some FaceTime on NBC Sports Network. This kid's going to be a star. Man, it was a great time. And, uh, you know, just does a, he just does a good interview. Yeah, Dylan Larkin captured the hearts of the hockey world for that weekend people forget he didn't just win the fastest skater he was all the rage his instagram was popping i'm assuming i don't really remember that specifically i do remember like dylan larkin being one of the hottest names in hockey after that weekend and uh you know for good reason we still love him here in hockey town he's had a great season for the red Wings so far but this uh undoubtedly one of the more fun Fun moments of his career uh, in Hockey Town. Um, he comes barreling around the first corner, and he's got it. Like after the first corner, he looked like he had it for sure. And then he comes around the second corner, and he slips a little bit. And I think it was Jeremy Roenick on the call. He goes, "Oh, he slipped coming around that second corner." And then like, you know, those guys are so fast that like before you, he could even finish saying that he had crossed the finish line. And then he's like, "I already beat it, anyways." Uh, really just just a fun, fun moment uh, to be a Red Wings fan. One of the last true fun moments. Uh, <laughs> that was morbid. That's not true. 
Every goal is a fun moment. A big save is a fun moment. Come on, Nolan. Where's your spirit? It was one of the last memorable moments on a national stage that represented the Detroit Red Wings in a good way. How about that? But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the gist of the Red Wings Rewind. It's just going to be me commiserating for a few minutes on how other times are better than times right now. Because, well, that's what you cling to when you're a fan. The good times. Of which there have been many. So, do expect to have uh, lots of Red Wings Rewinds in the future. I don't know if they'll be, like, uh, you know, a thing we do on, like, a specific day. We probably will eventually... But just with the weirdness of the schedule uh, over the next week, you can probably just expect to see them randomly sprinkled in uh, here or there. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, we got to get to some stuff regarding Tyler Bertuzzi and what he's got going on this weekend. Plus, as promised, the lowdown on all the details uh, regarding possible assault charges for uh, the Philadelphia Flyer mascot, Gritty. Uh, you won't want to miss that, so stay tuned. Some news coming out of NHL headquarters yesterday was the release of the uh, participants for the 2020 NHL All-Star Weekend Skills Competition, uh, which will take place in St. Louis over this weekend. Uh, Saturday night, a big night for the game of hockey, and Tyler Bertuzzi will be representing the Red Wings in the Accuracy Shooting Contest. Uh, That's always a fun one. It's probably the... (laughs) I mean, I mean that, but also it's, like, kind of the most boring one. Uh, Unless some guy just, like, lights it up for three straight rounds and, like, doesn't miss a single one. That's a little bit different. But all in all, the accuracy shooting, like, it is what it is. It's impressive uh, when the guys do well. But in terms of, like, the race itself, it just is not that exciting, which is appropriate that the Red Wings only... Also, a representative would be named to the competition. There is some cash up for grabs, though, for the young Red Wing star. Uh, he will be playing for a $30,000 first prize. Now, for me, that would be life-changing money. I'm not even going to lie to you. But for Tyler Bertuzzi, that is chump change. $30,000 really doesn't seem like a lot, uh, especially when like all these guys are making millions and millions and millions. Like These are the best guys in the league. They're making the most money and you're gonna give him thirty thousand dollars like why not a truck or a rolly you know uh so he'll be facing off against seven other guys uh jacob slavin of the carolina hurricanes leon Drysaddle, monster from the edmonton oilers jonathan huberto who we just saw over the weekend last week uh from the florida panthers nico heshire out of new jersey san jose's thomas hurdle uh, alex petrangelo from st louis and Mark Shifley out of Winnipeg. So, some pretty stiff competition. Uh, Bertuzzi telling reporters, you don't really know what to expect when you go in there. You shoot a puck every day, so you can't do that bad. Pretty sound logic to me. I don't know. Uh, I know I would embarrass myself in the accuracy shooting competition, but Tyler Bertuzzi does have a statistic to his credit that that would suggest that if any Red Wing was well-equipped, to uh, face off in the skills competition, uh, or face off in the accuracy shooting, pardon me, uh, it would be his 17.5 shooting percentage, which is the best in Detroit this year. So uh, 
at least the most boring competition now has a reason to watch uh, a rooting interest for you Red Wings fans watching the game or the, the festivities at home. So that'll be on Friday night, uh, along with a number of other skills competitions. And uh, I'm going to run through real quick, read you the uh, skills competitions, the participants, and uh, make a prediction. We got the fastest skater. I uh, started off with Jack Eichel, Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, Matthew Barzal, Chris Kreider, Anthony Duclair, Travis Konechny, and Quinn Hughes. I'm going to give it to Connor McDavid. I've never seen a faster human being in this world than Connor McDavid, uh, so I'm inclined to give him the win. Now, next we have the uh, Bud Light NHL save streak, uh, which is an interesting, uh, an interesting competition. Uh, basically, goalies face off against players from an opposing division in a shootout that is under the jurisdiction of, you know, regular NHL like shootout uh, rules, and uh, they see which goalie can make the most saves. So you face a minimum of nine guys, and then I believe after that the competition is over unless the goalie's last shot attempt was a save. So the goalie's the goalie can't end the competition on the save, if that makes sense. So their streak can keep going. It's like in when you played Tony Hawk, and right before time would expire, you just uh, nolly for like four and a half minutes to rack up the points and beat your friend. Same thing. So from there, we got David Riddich, uh, Tristan Jerry, Jordan Bennington, Andre Vasilevsky, Frederick Anderson, Jacob Markstrom, Braden Holpe, and Connor Hellebuck. Now, just to be honest, all of these predictions are actually just like biased who I want to wins. Uh, so I'm going to go this one. Connor Hellebuck, the hometown kid. He's from Wald Lake. Always cool to see the local guys representing on the big stage. So I'm going to give him the nod and say, it's yours, son. You're going to win this thing on Saturday night. Next up we have, or Friday night, pardon me. Uh, we have the accuracy shooting. Uh, we just went through those. I'm going to pick Tyler Bertuzzi. Wink, wink, I'm actually going to pick Leon Drysaddle. Uh, it'd be cool if Pertuzzi get a win, but, I mean, the talent in this <laughs> competition is absolutely loaded. After that, we got the women's three-on-three. Three. Obviously, I'm going with the American women. Uh, let's run through this roster right here. We got Casey Bellamy, Alex Carpenter, Kendall Coyne, Schofield. Uh, she's married to a Michigan man, uh, by the way. Uh, Michael Schofield? I think he played offensive line in Michigan. So... Some local ties there. Uh, Brianna Decker, Amanda Kessel, Hillary Knight, Jocelyn Lamaru, uh, Annie Pinkowski, Alex Rigsby Cavallini, and uh, Lee Stecklin. So those will be the American girls representing in that uh, competition. And then last up, we have the NHL Hardest Shot. Uh, Mark Giordano, Seth Jones, Shea Weber, Victor Hedman, Elias Pedersen, and John Carlson. Uh, for this one, I'm going to go with Victor Hedman just because... When I think of these guys in my head, I picture him being, like, the largest in volume. And I would be lying to you if I said that I didn't make most of my decisions kind of based on similar logic. Like, whatever looks the part. I'm a big eye test guy. Whenever I think of Victor Hedman, I'm, I just... I feel like he puts the most torque on his stick. So, that's who's going to win. Uh... I lied, by the way, that was not the last event of the night. They also have the Shooting Stars uh, competition. Ten players, eight NHL All-Stars, one American, elimin uh, Amer 
American elite women's all-star uh, team member and one from Canada. Uh, evidently, players will be elevated onto a platform behind the goal uh, and then shoot pucks at a variety of targets onto the ice with each target possessing different point values. One at a time, each player will attempt seven shots and earn points for each target hit. So that'll be pretty cool. Uh, I don't remember if they did this last year. I don't think I watched the All-Star game last year. Uh, but sounds pretty interesting, so I'm into it. Uh, in that one, we got David Pasternak, Matthew Kachuk, Patrick Kane, Tyler Sagan, Brady Kachuk, David Perron, Ryan O'Reilly, and Mitchell Marner. Uh, so that'll be pretty interesting. The, the women's uh, American and Canadian <clears throat> selections will be made by social media vote, I presume, during or after their three-on-three game. So be on the lookout for this this one. Uh, it seems pretty interesting. I'll definitely be watching. Um, and that one, I'm, I'm going to say that I'm going to go Mitch Marner. I don't know why. That one, there's no bias there. I'm, I'm just randomly picking one. These aren't necessarily predictions. These are me uh, saying things on the podcast that I can point back to for accreditation uh, if I'm correct and pretend as if they never happened if I'm incorrect. So that's just the way it is. You know the deal with Saturday, the All-Star Game, uh, three-on-three tournament. Nothing really changes that from year to year. It will be entertaining, so we'll tune in to watch, and we'll cover more of it on, on Saturday. But uh, in terms of... Uh, what's going on there there were no surprises within the last couple days we've known kind of what that event's going to be uh, for a minute now once the all-star selections were revealed so just wanted to cover the uh, skills competition on friday night given that this episode was going to come out on friday um, but now it is time i know that this part you've probably been waiting for uh, the first 19 20 minutes of this episode you were like come on just get to the gritty stuff and we will right now last thing I want to touch on before the all-star break uh, something from elsewhere in the league um, maybe the most ridiculous story to come out of the NHL this season uh, this story coming from the Philadelphia Inquirer and Christian Hetrick uh, this headline is great by the way to whichever copy editor wrote this kudos to you well, I mean, I, I, okay, so let me backtrack. All of this, it's great talk, is, you know, obviously with the disclaimer of if somebody actually got hurt, it's not great. So here's the headline from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Did Gritty punch a 13-year-old boy in the back? Philadelphia detectives are investigating. Now, if you don't know who Gritty is, he is a, you know, really nasty, orange, fuzzy, mascot with these like googly eyes and he like walk he he's like a broad street bully but like a really ugly hideous mascot like if the what's the what's the red sox mascot if that thing what is his name wally if wally the boston red sox mascot let himself go like gained a bunch of weight and like grew out his hair and then jumped in a bucket of orange paint. And then his eyeballs fell out and he slapped googly eyes on himself. That's gritty. Uh, so it says here that Chris Greenwell, who is a season ticket holder of the Philadelphia Flyers, took his son Brandon to a meet and greet uh, to get a photo and some FaceTime. Um, 
and then the Philadelphia Flyers mascot punched that 13-year-old boy directly in the back, allegedly. It says here, uh, In Greenwald's telling, Brandon playfully patted the mascot on the head after the photo was taken. As Brandon walked away, Gritty got out of his chair, quote, took a running start, and punched my son as hard as he could, Greenwald said Wednesday. Now that is a serious, serious accusation to throw on such a beloved creature like Gritty. Which is a crazy thing to lie about. So, like, part of me thinks that this story... I can't... This story is either definitely true or definitely false. And I don't necessarily know what I mean by that. But there's one part of my brain that says... Okay, what... Like... Seriously, at, at the Wells Fargo Center, this thing punched this boy in the back? I don't, like... I don't believe that. But, like, also, why would you lie about that? And so, they're, they're, like, both of my skepticisms are way too extreme for me to actually be able to make a decision on this. Like, if this actually happened. Uh, but the story goes on. So, uh, Greenwell took his son to see a chiropractor. He was uh, diagnosed with a back bruise or, quote, a contusion to lower Thor thoracic thoracic spine with subluxation wow that was terrible i'm sorry you had to go through that um <laughs> but it says here so it says here the chiropractor noted that brandon suffered from mild pain which like yeah because brandon said he suffered from mild pain how would the doctor be able to diagnose somebody feeling pain uh well the guy's dumping his season tickets so in case there was any wondering about that. So after the alleged punch, Greenwell emailed officials at Comcast Spectator, first complaining of the, quote, lousy picture, unquote, with the mascot who didn't look at the camera. Then he raised the, quote, more serious and disappointing concern. I know it was not correct for my son to harmlessly tap him on his head, but for a Flyers employee to throw a full punch at someone with his back turned and hurt a 13-year-old boy is assault. I agree. I agree with that. If that did happen, that is assault. But why would he... <laughs> Officials of the Comcast Spectator told Greenwell there is no video footage of the incident because the cameras in that area of the center are focused on other locations. It's a good alibi. So... Oh, another thing is that uh, the Flyers wouldn't say who was playing gritty at the time, which I thought was hilarious. That really made me feel like it was an onion article, but this is all true. Uh, <laughs> how many are there? Who was playing gritty at that time? Like how many suspects are there? I need like how many are in question? Is there like three gritties? okay what do you do other than be a mascot for work if you're a mascot you know like I love the idea of <laughs> one of the guys who plays gritty like cause I'm sure you know there's not that many appearances that they have to make I would assume only like a couple they got like yeah I mean like when they don't play at home what does gritty do he goes to like random 
random functions. But if there's a bunch of them, I wonder if it's like they got to do other work too. Like some weeks the gritty schedule comes out and it's like, I only got two shifts. Then they got to pick up an extra shift at Chili's on the weekend. I'm not knocking that. I work at a restaurant. Customer's rude to him. He's just shaking his head like if you only knew. Because Gritty is, he's like a, he's the most popular mascot in the world. And like, a, and like he became that in a very, very, very short time. You know what I'm like envious of though is like being introduced as the guy who plays Gritty. Like you're meeting up with friends at a bar, some guy there you don't know. Oh hey, no, this is my boy Steve. Steve is Nolan. Oh hey, how you doing, man? Nice to meet you. Yeah, Nolan actually plays Gritty. Oh no shit. Yeah, actually, uh, just got the job last year. That's pretty cool. You like it? Oh, you know, work is work. Oh, I feel that. Pretty cool job though. You get to watch Flyers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't get to watch the games, really, you know, I'm kind of, like, doing the thing with the fans. No, but, you know, you're there. Yeah, for sure. Everything comes job at some point, right? Oh, man. I like meeting your girlfriend's parents for the first time. And, and having to have the conversation that, yeah, I'm gritty. I mean, I thought it'd be weird. It's a cool thing. Maybe a dead end, though. You know, what, what future... What what room for growth is there in the role of Gritty? Can you support a family as Gritty? These are important questions. These conversations are happening. Somewhere. With, <laughs> with any undisclosed amount of people who are able to claim the title as guy or girl who plays Gritty. This is all just jealousy, by the way. And I'm sure Gritty gets paid handsomely. Sucks, though. Somebody's gonna... To, qu <laughs> to quote the police officer from National Treasure, somebody's gotta go to prison. Just the way it is. Anyways, we'll, we'll we'll stay updated on that investigation and let you know if we hear anything. Uh, we'll see you next week. We'll have All-Star recap, uh, Grand Rapids recap. They got a couple games this weekend against the San Diego Gulls. So uh, have fun, be safe, and uh, we'll see you kids on the other side of this one.